Could the Denver Broncos be interested in trading away Bryce Callahan? Many NFL teams have called about him, but will the Broncos bite? Plus, Broncos dealing with some injuries to Bradley Chubb and Noel Fan. How much of a concern is it? And Sarah and I, we also give our position breakdowns in terms of what position room has the highest strength to the weakest strength on the roster. We break it down on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. Locked On Broncos is free and available everywhere you get your podcast on audio format and your favorite audio podcasting platforms. Make sure you hit the follow button on that. And also on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you haven't done so already, you can watch us on your phone, your TV, or your computer to get your daily Denver Broncos news content and coverage. From the South Stands to the Young Zone, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke. Join alongside by our co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us covered the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News. Sarah, my friend, some interesting things going on in Broncos country right now as it pertains to some trade rumors with one of the Broncos' top players. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But let's get into our Broncos news and notes of the day, my man. How you doing? And uh, look, just Broncos back on pra- on the practice field, the UCL Training Center. Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant dealing with injuries. I know you and I have our own concerns about that. I'll let you start things off, my friend. Yeah, doing well, Cody. Thank you. Uh, it's 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 a good day and uh, excited to talk about some Broncos. Obviously, now we're into the regular season. I think the nerves are a little bit higher, you know, considering uh, when you're talking about player injuries, when you're talking about guys walking off the field with, you know, the training staff, stuff like that. So definitely, uh, definitely doesn't help anything that Vic Fangio has been a little bit coy about injuries. He's not really being super open about timelines, which I think, I think is fine based on the fact that, you know, a lot of guys have, you know, not come back on the timelines that, that they've projected in recent years. I remember back, uh, when they first got Bryce Callahan and you'll remember this, they, that when Callahan got injured, it was supposed to be just a couple weeks turned out he missed the entire season. So I think that there's just things like that that kind of give you reason to maybe be a little bit worried. But at the same time, you know, we just kind of kind of see what happens. But I, I think it's it's a good day in Broncos country. Some new players out there on the practice field, more players for sure. So well, they're having fun, man, and we're having fun too. Absolutely. Well, there's no 80 players on the roster anymore. It's 53, and uh, Andre Mintz wearing number 48. And Sarah just can't help but think of that undrafted guy wearing number 48 the last time that happened in Denver. Uh, now he's in Tampa Bay as a Super Bowl champion. I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, one in Denver and now obviously in Tampa Bay, and he's got a big payday in Shaquille Barrett. So hopefully Andre Mintz can kind of live up to those expectations because as you alluded to on yesterday's show, he even mentioned that he chose Denver because he wanted a specific journey like that. He envisions that for himself. So love to see that. But, you know, talking about Noah Fant's injury, there's been a lot of ambiguity around it. The only thing we know is that it's a leg injury. We don't know how severe it is. We don't know if it's muscular. We don't know if it's skeleton base. I don't even know if I even said that right. Or, you know, bones. There we go. That's the one we're going to go with. <laughs> skeletal. There we go. Um, skeletal. But, you know, I think, th- I think the concern here, Sarah, is look, Noah Fant is approaching a very big year for him personally. Third year in the National Football League. Third year for the Broncos. And he has dealt with injuries. Last year, he dealt with injuries. He played through some, obviously missed some with an ankle injury. One of us has to wonder whether or not, is it an ankle injury that he's dealing with? Is it the same thing from last year? Could this be something that impacts him throughout the regular season? I mean, we have no answers for this right now, but now we're sitting here as a wait and see. Bradley Chubb, I think, is a little bit different here. He rolled his ankle, as Vic Fangio had mentioned, but 
as you met in practice, he walked off the field with Lauren Lando. He did some stretching on the side and then went inside with Lando. But I think that's just him getting treatment. I'm not going to read too much into it. Vic says that he should be ready for week one. I think Noah Fant right now is truly questionable. How concerned are you personally right now, mainly about Noah Fant's injury in comparison to Bradley Chubbs? Definitely a little bit, you know, it, it makes me wonder based on the fact and I, you know, Cody, I have this one like side of me that's almost like conspiracy theorist a little bit when it comes to this stuff. But I mean, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Eric Sauber and then I, I believe today Albert Okuebunam meet the media. And yeah. so you ha- you can't help but wonder, you know, not just to get every guy in front of a microphone, but you can't help but wonder why those guys are out there meeting the media. Obviously, you're not going to throw Noah Fant in front of a microphone right now and he's going to get grilled about his injuries. But at the same time, you know, he's the starter. So what's up with throwing the backups on the mic? And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just wondering. Um, and it's cool to hear from those guys, too. It's cool to get perspectives from all the players on the team. You know, we love that kind of stuff. But it does raise some questions for me as to whether or not, you know, is that the guy that's going to be playing? You know, is that who we're, is that who the story is going to be about as of week one? So it kind of makes you wonder. And I'm definitely a little bit more nervous, I would say, about Noah Fant's injury as compared to Bradley Chubb. I kind of feel like Chubb is going to make sure that he's out there some way or another. I don't know that. Um, I know that last year he kind of played through some stuff as much as he could, and he's a tough guy. And not that Noah Fant's not a tough guy, but because he also played through some injuries last year, but it does seem a little bit more ambiguous on on his front, and that's kind of concerning at this point. You know, it's a big, big part of the team. Really planned a lot of things around him. Didn't really make many additions or moves that were substantial at the tight end position because of Noah Fant and his projected breakout this season. So I think obviously when you look at that, especially in terms of now you've only got five receivers. So you were planning on Noah Fant essentially being one of those guys to replace what you released and then didn't pick back up. So I really do feel like there's, I would like some more clarity or maybe at least just like a Hey, here's exactly what he's dealing with. And then we could at least even Google just to find out, you know, what's the what's the usual timeline for this kind of thing. So but at the same time, I mean, they'll be ready to go. The the backups will be ready to go. So it, it it's still a little concerning. You want to see the entire starting lineup out there, especially with as we talked about how important this September is for Vic Fangio and the and the team as a whole. Yeah, the pressure's on. Guys like Shelby Harris, they talked about it. They said, we have to be better in September. We talk about it. We want to do it, and we have to figure out a way to make it happen. It is interesting, though. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Vic Fangio had said that the the scheme for the regular season is that players, obviously, they'll play on Sunday. They'll come in Monday and then have Tuesday off, come back Wednesday, Thursday, and have a walkthrough on Friday's practice. So I'm actually not too opposed to that. I think that's great because usually they get Monday, Tuesday off, and then they practice Wednesday. I think that having Monday off directly after the game allows them to come in, get treatment, have the rest of the day off, come back in on Tuesday, go through meetings and everything that they normally do. I think that's a great strategy here. But Broncos country, let us know in the comment section down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Cody Workin' Fail at Lockdown Broncos at Sir Benninger. What you think about Noel Fant and Bradley Chubb's ongoing injuries? Is there a reason to be concerned? We want to hear from you. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get to a conversation about Bryce Callahan, the Broncos cornerback room. There's some trade rumors going on, a lot of interest in Callahan. What do the Broncos do in this situation? We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. Show it's your good friends over there at Built Bar. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. I just bought the brand new Built Bar protein balls. And they've got peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They're very delicious. They have a lot of protein. I mean, that's the keyword, protein, right? You want to help repair those muscles? Well, you know what? The Broncos 
on Mondays after they play the game, they need to take a bite into Bilt Bar to help rebuild some of that muscle tissue that they strain from moving and being very explosive on the football field. But outside of that, they have nine amazing delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavors. I go with peanut butter brownie. Sarah likes the mint brownie flavor as well. And it's the best tasting healthy protein bar for you out there. 70 grams of protein, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. And I want you and your family to get your hands on a box of Bilt Bar today by going to Bilt.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's right, 15% off your next order at Bilt.com. All right, Sarah, there's some rumblings right now all across the the Twitter sphere and Broncos country. And look, George Payton's been very open about it, that many NFL teams have been calling him about their cornerback depth. And I think you and I have addressed this before. We've talked about this here on Locked on Broncos. The belief is that if the Broncos were looking to trade anybody, more than likely it would probably be the two guys that are on one-year deals or in the final deal. So we look at Bryce Callahan. I believe he's scheduled to make $6.5 million this year, if I'm not mistaken. And then you have Kyle Fuller, who's really a one-year rental. But the interest that is being garnered around the league is for Bryce Callahan. Now, I got to ask you this. If you're George Payton, how serious do you listen to these phone calls? I mean, what would you do, for example, if you're going to say, hey, you know what, we're not interested? Or if you were interested, what type of value would you be looking for personally for a guy like Bryce Callahan? No, it's a great question. It's a great question because Bryce Callahan, as we saw last year, went healthy. One of the better corners in the league last year was outright dominant, I would say, for the Broncos. And he did that playing outside most of the time. You know, we saw him in the nickel some, but he was more playing outside than anything else when we saw him healthy last year. So he's, he's obviously capable of doing both. And I think he has tremendous, tremendous value in this league, despite his injury history, which we know the last three seasons, he's really struggled to stay healthy. So if you're the Denver Broncos, the great thing is, is you really have no need to trade him. There's no incentive to trade him unless you get an offer that you can't refuse. I think the Michael Ojemudia injury, Cody, really, really hindered what was potentially a you know an opportunity for them to trade Callahan before all the roster cuts went down, all the things like that. I don't necessarily think that opportunity has completely passed, but I do think now with OJ Mudia on the mend, you've got to really get an offer that's that's too good to pass up on. And I think we saw George Payton do that with Trinity Benson, getting a five and a seven coming back for a guy that has never played before. Well, Bryce Callahan has definitely played before and he's done a really good job. So not that it's all you know apples to apples. It's more apples to oranges than anything. But you've got to think they could get better than a five and a seven for Bryce Callahan. You know, and especially if you're planning on him playing, which they are. So I think that you've got an opportunity to get something really good for him. I think a lot of teams probably want Callahan. We're seeing a ton of teams make make moves on the waiver wire. I believe the cornerback position was the most claimed position on waiver claim day. Uh, and so I, I think that teams are starving for cornerback talent, and the Denver Broncos have it. And as of last year, everybody in Broncos country has a right to be a little bit spooked about the idea of trading a corner, especially after one of them already got injured. But we got to remember as well, Pat Sertan is coming in. He's going to do a really great job. You've got Darby. You've got Kyle Fuller. You've also got guys like Isang Bassey and, and Duke Dawson that could potentially come off the PUP sort of midway through the season. I think also the team really likes Kerry Vincent Jr. You know, we saw them prioritize him over other guys. So, Cody, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Unless you get an offer that you can't refuse, you can use Bryce Callahan this season. If you get an offer that you can't refuse, you've got guys that you can justify, hey, we really like this young player. We're going to give him a shot. 
I feel like if we're going to see any type of movement, I think for me, if if the Broncos are really serious about listening to some of these offers here, Sarah, I mean, is a second or third round pick too high? Because like you mentioned, there's Trinity Benson, an undrafted guy who went for a fifth and a seventh. When I look at Bryce Callen, who's, you know, ironically, his journey as an undrafted rookie free agent, but becoming an NFL star, in my opinion, at the corner position, I mean, I'd have to think at, at, at the least a third round pick would have to suffice for him. We know George Payton's going to stockpile this, but I also wonder what the conversations that Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, and Christian Parker are having with George Payton that, about Bryce Callen because Bryce Callen is such an integral part of Vic's defense. And he was arguably the most reliable player when he was on the field outside of Justin Simmons last season. So I think that there's a lot of questions about it. I, I agree with you, sir. It has to be the right offer to make that move now. But if the Broncos are seriously interested in listening, maybe by the trade deadline we see something happen when you get guys back healthy and you can maybe have a little bit more clarity as to how the season's going. And you can determine whether or not it is a good move for the organization. I think right now, Sarah, I just think it's, like you mentioned, I think it's a little too early for the Broncos to really consider trading Callahan considering the injuries to Michael Ojemudia, and you never know what could happen. We're not even in week one yet. That's the crazy thing. And last time we got excited for week one, there was a key injury and happened to Von Miller before week one even started. So... I'm going to breathe a little bit. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But Broncos country, also let us know in the comment section down below what you think about whether or not the Broncos should deal Bryce Callahan. I personally don't believe that they should. But let's bring up another counterpart here in that secondary because I think Vic Fangio on Thursday at the UCL Training Center, he had a very interesting comment. And I think the wording, I think people are going to grab it and they're going to maybe misconstrue it. But we listened back to it and I think it makes a little bit more sense now. He was talking about Patrick Sertan and how he's done a really good job this offseason with the defense. But he did make note that him learning multiple positions, right? So he's playing outside corner. He's playing nickel. And Vic even mentioned he's playing some dime backer in some of these packages. He says him having to learn all these positions has hurt his development at some of those positions. Now, what he means by that, and I think people are going to misconstrue it, he's been getting a lot of work at outside corner positions that Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby play. He's been getting most of his work there. So his work inside the nickel and his work as a dimebacker, that's where Vic Fangio is alluding to the fact that maybe his development has been impacted at those parts a little bit, but he's doing a really good job picking up the defense, learning on it. It's just about getting more reps. So we can see things ramp up a little bit as the season goes on. I expect that we're going to see him on the outside to start, but he might work his way up into that rotation. You know, hey, hopefully before that first game against the Las Vegas Raiders week six, that maybe that's when we start seeing him work a little bit more in the nickel and maybe in that dime backer spot specifically to counter a guy like Darren Waller. What are your thoughts here about the comments that were made by Vic Fangio? Yeah, I think that Fangio probably could have used a better turn of phrase when it comes to, you know, his just way of describing the way that Pat Sertan has done a good job. I mean, to say that it's hurt his development is not necessarily the way that you would think like, oh, yeah, you're giving a player a great compliment here about the way that he's picked up the defense multiple positions. But you're right. After listening back to it, it really sounded more like like Vic was applauding Sertan for the ability, the, the way that he's you know, shown an ability to play multiple positions rather than, yeah, he's just really not coming along as we thought that he would, which people could read that quote on Twitter and, and think that that's exactly what he meant. So unfortunately, <laughs> you know, and people will do that. You know, all the people that wanted to draft a QB will find that quote and they'll be hammering it on, on others for, for months here. So I think that it's, it's, it's definitely intriguing to hear him say it that way, to put it that way. I personally think, you know, 
let's let's see what let's see what he can do. And I am I'm with you, Cody. When we get to that game against the Raiders and the tight end matchup is is really something that we are hoping Pat Sertan can help solve for this Denver Broncos defense. That's where I'm really intrigued to see his versatility come into play. I would love to see mostly outside corner from him. At the same time, you know, like you mentioned, you got Darby, you got Fuller. Uh, who do you take off the field? Do you do a rotation out there? Do you ride with a hot hand out there? They've got options and, and intriguing ones at that while they've still got four guys that that I believe are starting caliber and would be cornerback one or cornerback two on pretty much any team in the league. Oh, who's going to cover Evan Ingram week one? That, to me, I think is going to be the big key. Could we see it early, right? I mean, outside of that, I think the really the one matchup where the Broncos are going to have a guy at elusive tight end position is going to be Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens that week four matchup. Um, I think that would be an interesting one to maybe see Sertan slide into that kind of dime back or that star role that – you know, he played at Alabama, has some familiarity with, and now it translates into Vic's defense. But hey, I tell you what, sir, I'm excited to see Patrick Sertan anyways. I'm, I may or may not have bought in a jersey. Look, I don't normally buy jerseys of players, but Patrick Sertan, I just want to be able to buy it because I think he's going to be a huge star here in the National Football League. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how things pan out, man. But, you know, in my experience, buying jerseys has never been something I've always <laughs> invested in. So we'll see if I prove myself right on this one. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Sarah and I are actually going to give you our rankings for the Broncos position groups, ranking them based on who we believe is the strongest position group on the team all the way to the weakest. We're going to see how close we are in ours. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends of their betonline.ag, and it's that time of the year again. And all eyes are now turning to football as we have NFL kickoff next week, specifically on Thursday between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You get all the updated odds, props, and contests and information, including the online half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at betonline.ag. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. And make sure that you put a wager down on the season open against the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 when you use promo code NFL 100 as a new user when you sign up today. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and you can take advantage from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the action and great offers available for the 2021 NFL season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sarah, jumping to the fourth quarter action. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, you get this podcast. It is available free and everywhere you get your podcast in audio format on your favorite podcasting platforms, also in video format here on YouTube. It would mean the world to both Sarah and myself if you hit that subscribe button, like the video, and also comment and interact with us. We enjoy interacting with everybody in Broncos country here on the Lockdown Broncos YouTube channels. We continue to grow. We're getting close to 5,000 subscribers. And that was all because of the amazing support of you guys in Broncos country. But Sarah, Position rankings, right? Looking at the Broncos roster, it's finalized on the 53 for the most part. There could be a couple moves coming here and there in the next couple of days or weeks ahead here. But for the most part, I think that we can look at this roster overall based on position group and rank it based on strength. Now, Sarah, I'm going to go first, and I'm intrigued to hear what your selections are. But for me, in terms of the top rank, in terms of strongest to weakest, I've got DB at the top. I got that as number one right there. And then I at number two be underneath DB, I have edge rusher. I think that the Broncos with five guys there and five capable players at that. When you factor in Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper of what we've seen in the preseason, and now Andre Mintz, who also has a high motor, could do a really good job there with Coach John Pagano. I'm excited to see what that unit can do. That's the number two unit. 
Number three, wide receiver. I think they're deep. Now, if they would have went with six guys in the active roster, this might have been the number two option for me, Sarah, considering that. But you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, and you also had Deontay Spencer now there. To me, it would have been a little intriguing. Uh, you know, Tim Patrick, obviously, in that mix as well as one of the top guys. He's going to be in that top three rotation. I was a little concerned for the most part about the five initial initially. You know, I figured that number five got to be a different guy. So we know that Seth Williams, we know that Tyree Cleveland, we know that those guys are still on the practice squad. So I'm not too worried about that. It's still a deep room. Offensive line is going to be fourth, in my opinion. I think that the Broncos have a very solid unit. I think the depth minus Cam Fleming. I, I'm really skeptical. I'm really just kind of scratching my head on Cam Fleming being on the 53. I'll let you talk about that because I know you, uh, you kind of feel the same way. After that, it goes defensive line. I've got running back, tight end, considering the injury to Noah Fant right now, and then quarterback, and really quarterback at the bottom because we don't know what it is just yet. That's a great list. That's a great list, Cody. And I think that we've got some good, uh, we've got some good discrepancy here for me. I, I, I like this. So I, of course, defensive backs. I have number one. I think that's pretty self-explanatory for any fan listening. You know, the Broncos maybe have the best secondary in the NFL, so it's of course the best position group on the team my number two is wide receiver and i i like your explanation off the edge and, and you almost convinced me to switch mine there cody because <laughs> we got von miller we got bradley chubb and we got malik reed at the top i think that's a legend uh, a broncos legend obviously an elite player bradley chubb and then malik reed who's done a great great job and then i love jonathan you know me we talked about him a lot on this show um in just the short time that i've been here jonathan cooper andre mintz two guys that I really like as well. But I'm going with the wide receiver position. I really like uh, I, I really like Cortland Sutton. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again and I'm gonna put my I'm gonna die on this hill. I think Cortland Sutton is the best player on the team. And I don't think Jerry Judy is super far behind. Um, I think Jerry Judy is one of the most talented and and freakishly gifted route runners in the NFL. Just so so electric with his routes, so quick. Tim Patrick, obviously a very underrated player who stepped into that wide receiver one role really last year for the Denver Broncos. And then and K.J. Hamler. I'm super high on K.J. Hamler. I think he's going to be absolutely outstanding. So I've got wide receiver above edge rushers. And then behind edge, Cody, I actually put running back. Um, and, and I think that that, that position group is, is going to be really fun for the Denver Broncos this year. I'm really projecting – a little bit, I would say, in my rankings. You know, Melvin Gordon, I think he's he's a very, very good veteran player. Javante Williams, I, I liked him as one of the best running backs in this draft. And I was a big Najee Harris fan as well from Alabama. But I, I think Javante, if you get a, a running back one caliber prospect there, him and Melvin Gordon is a, is a tremendous, tremendous duo. And then obviously we're, we're looking at some solid depth with Mike Boone. And the new guy, Nate McCreary there. I've got quarterback as number five, um, which I could be, you know, I could be on something there, Cody. But I think the Broncos quarterback room is pretty good. Um, I like Drew Locke. I think that he's a good player. I think that he can still develop. I'm bummed to see him not starting. But that doesn't mean that I'm not happy that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is getting an opportunity. I've liked Teddy Bridgewater for a long time. So I've got him. Him and, and Drew Locke. And then obviously Brett Rippon, I think, is a really good number three. I think that's a pretty solid QB room. So I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely probably, you know, I'm probably a little bit higher on the quarterback position than most. I know you've got them at the bottom. But I've got defensive line next. Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, Mike Purcell, uh, Deshaun Williams. I think there's I think that group is just really, really solid all around. Um, Draymond Jones being, you know, that he's kind of a budding superstar, I think really could – 
could take that defensive line up to you know the edge the edge kind of spot in this ranking offensive line I'm with you I think the depth is nice I don't love Cam Fleming on the active roster but if he's 53 out of 53 or 52 out of 53 in terms of you know the roster spot then it kind of is what it is I would love to see them spend that roster spot on another receiver as I mentioned before but for the time being, I suppose it's okay. He's not going to play. Even if Bulls gets injured, I think you are throwing Calvin Anderson into the mix um, or the same with Bobby Massey. I've got linebacker at number eight. I think the Broncos have an underrated linebacker duo. I think you could put that even higher on this list, depending what happens with or, or depending on what you think with Sternod, Baron Browning. And then my my bottom uh, position group, Cody, on this team is tight end. And I think that that's, that has nothing to do with what I think of Noah Fant. I think if you're you're looking at Noah Fant, if, if we were to group wide receiver tight end together, it'd be the same as defensive back. I think right up there with the – with the defensive backs as the better position groups on the team. But I just, Alberto Kuebun, I'm coming off of injury. I'm projecting there a little bit. Um, Eric Saubert, relative unknown at this point in his career still, but we're projecting that he's going to be good. So with no offense injury, um, maybe this is a bit of recency bias in this list, but I've got tight end at the bottom just with, you know, the fact of if Fant is hurt, what happens? What happens to that group? What does it look like? So that's kind of where I'm at with my list. And maybe I like Teddy Bridgewater and the QBs a little bit better than most, but I've got them ranked right there in the middle among all position groups. I mean, I think that's a fair list that you put together as well. And Broncos country, I'm sure you're going to either agree or disagree with those. You might have a completely different list than we do. And if that's the case, make sure you drop it in the YouTube comment section. Make sure you let us know on Twitter, at Cody Rook NFL, at Sarah Benninger, at Lockdown Broncos. But I, I think it's an interesting discussion. And I think, you know, for you and I, Sarah, we're kind of on the same level of thinking regarding tight end. And it's okay, I think, if we use recency bias right here because right now the injury to Noah Fant, it's widely unknown. We don't know if it's actually going to impact him longer than the week one. We know that he's expected expected to play according to Vic Fangio but we really don't know the severity of the injury him not practicing or not even being limited I think is a little bit of a cause for concern so I think the tight end where it's placed right now is probably a valid spot there so uh I you know I don't have too many disagreements with your list I think that the Broncos regardless even though how we're ranking these from you know strongest to maybe the weakest in terms of perception I still think that the Broncos have a top roster in the NFL and many national media experts as well alongside of us they think the same thing with Denver so I'm intrigued to see how things play out. I know that we're just, you know, we got action coming up next Sunday, Sarah. It, it's football. It's back. And we're going to have you covered here all week long leading up to kickoff Broncos country. We're going to have you covered with the post game week to week, all the storylines around the Denver Broncos. You get it here, Lockdown Broncos, free and available everywhere on your favorite audio podcasting platforms and video format as well on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like the video if you're still watching at this point, and make sure you comment along so you can interact with both Sarah and myself. But with that said, Broncos country, appreciate you all for tuning in for a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Sarah and I, we're going to be back. We're going to talk about a wide variety of other topics here. We're going to maybe talk about some of our breakout players we project here with the 53-man roster on the next episode. Lock on Broncos 